0: Hello.
1: Hey, it's Keith. Oh, hi,
0: Keith. Hey. How are things?
1: Not bad. Were you just on the phone? No. Okay, I, yeah, I called and it gave me a busy signal, but maybe I put in the wrong number or something. See, so I decided I'd call, do a quick little check-in, see what's up.
0: Well, not much up. So nothing, same old, same old.
1: Nothing terrible? No relapses or weird hospital no, stays or anything? No, no, nothing terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, I figure uh, I'll be back home next month anyway, so yeah you know it's uh don't bring my little recorder we'll do some some actual face to face podcast yeah or you might wanna
0: <clears throat> you might wanna um do some videos of the people that your relatives
1: i actually i don't have a don't have a video recorder these days just audio
0: I have a little camera that i i went to a thing for um fundraiser for Exa Realty, and there's a little camera that's a video. It's a video, little video camera, small little thing. I don't know how to use it yet. It's a Kodak. It's brand new. Um, I just picked it up yesterday after the I, they had a, one of those silent auction things, and I got it for thirty-five dollars. Cool. So I figured when you come home, you could figure out how to use it, and if you know, if it's something that you would want or use, it's got all these little attachments to it. I might give it
1: to you. Yeah, I'll give it a shot, see what it's like. Yeah, because I guess uh, last time, I'm trying to remember, like, that that one road trip we did around New Brunswick, that was, like, five years ago now. I think that's the last time I remember, like, really having a video camera and video recording stuff.
0: That was actually, that'll be seven years ago in September, because that was, uh, you, that was the year you were 30.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Holy crap. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, because I remember that's also when I started, because I did, uh my little XO podcast about just crap about that weekend was like the second episode. It's called road trip, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is weird. I'm a bit got, I don't know. I've up to like episode 50 of that show now, but it's a shame it like never really caught on. Like it is my most popular thing, but you know, (laughs) it's never became something that like ever made any money or anything.
0: Well, when we do the, uh, the reunion thing, they, they have, they have, little cabins that they rent down on the, at Heron Cove Park So, and I, I'll probably have to go and rent one because right. I don't think there's enough places for anybody to stay now Right. down there so um, I'll check in with the younger women there that are organizing this thing and see what to do about
1: that yeah and I figured I'd just leave it up to whatever whatever you feel like you would like to do because I know sometimes you, you just do day trips right but I mean, you're the one that has a drive so I don't know if you want to do all that in one day like well, talking talking I mean, about. I don't
0: know what they've got planned, but since they're making a big little, kind of little effort of it, I suppose we could could just, it would just be overnight, though. We'd go down on Saturday and and come back on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I asked uh, Dan about it. He seemed pretty wishy-washy. I don't know if he wants to go, but whatever. Whatever.
0: Well, he's got the girlfriend now, so if she wants to go, he'll go. But if she doesn't want to, I, then he might bag off.
1: Right. Yeah, I, was, I guess I was kind of just, because like... I was like, oh, I'd be kind of good if Dan went just, cause then even if I did just end up blabbing to Dan about video games, like, you know, it's weird. It's like, technically I know of these people, but I haven't seen them in a long time. And like all my cousins have kids and shit. Now I've never met these people. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to play it kind of low key. Cause it's like, yeah, it's cool to see everybody, but I don't, I don't know you, you guys anymore. <laughs> you
0: know? Well, I hope they, they'll come up with it before I decide if we'll do the overnight thing or not. Um, if we, um, you know they'll come up with an agenda of some kind as to what their plans are
1: right yeah, I don't know even that though actually I think on the Facebook page, um, Angela did post some stuff of like you know vague setups for not vague actually it's very regimented, and even that it feels a little weird to me like there's a smart family for anyone who listening to this, I guess it's a it's a family reunion thing that's happening, and uh like the smart family uh trivia game. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All this stuff is like, I'd way rather just... I'm sure there will be just a bunch of taciturn old men standing around, not participating, so I'll probably just do that. <laughs> you know, that sounds I think fine the to the old me.
0: men, like the old men of my generation, will probably just go down there and, you know, just stand around and talk. Right. Like we always do.
1: Yeah, which that works for me. It sounds fine.
0: Just a second, I just got to turn this TV down.
1: Sure. There, just give it a little... Volume. cut yeah i'm kind of uh, i don't know i'm kind of just i'm weirdly not like a fan so much of having stuff to do like i don't know of things being organized i do kind of like it more when it's just kind of a nothingness thing like uh one of the girls from the coffee shop is moving to england for two years so uh they had like a little going away party thing for her and it was at this bar that's like like a nerd bar like it's just got tons of Klingon battle knives and bullshit hanging on the walls I got a a Romulan ale it was one of the drinks and all this dumb shit but anyway yeah so they have board games and then we're like playing a board game and it's like dude can't we just sit here and drink and talk about shit why are we playing a board game like I know I don't like it I like doing like just letting things just be nothing
0: See, that's like when I go to to bars, and I've been like this for years and years. It's like when the music is so loud.
1: No, yeah, that's brutal. That you
0: can't talk. It's like, why are we here? Like, geez, I could just be in a room by myself and have the music cranked right up and be drinking.
1: I've even gotten to the point where, uh, I mean, I do think I have, like, I don't know, some kind of like, my my ears are more sensitive than the average person, and as I get older, it's just kind of getting worse. Like when I go to movies now, my, my uh, headphones are like kind of earplug style, you know, like so they're not as good as earplugs, but they do kind of deaden things. And now every time I go to a movie, I have to put these earplugs in during the trailers because like an actual movie not as bad because at least there's calm times and then action times. But the trailers are just... Bombastic blah blah blah. Oh, I blah. know,
0: just blow you right out of your seat.
1: Yeah, and no, I really don't like it. It's really unpleasant. <laughs> like I'm getting real old, I guess it. Yeah.
0: I know it's like when I go to uh, to a, sh- uh, okay, like a band. Right. And uh, some of the acoustics are so bad. Like I'm I'm there with my fingers in my ears. Yeah. I, I... actually find I can hear better if I'm cutting out some of that background bomb bomb bomb
1: stuff. Yeah, I agree. I really think it is, like, always, always too loud. Like, it's ridiculous. I went to see this band, Nada Surf, last two weeks ago, I guess. It was really cool. But, yeah, I kept my headphones in the whole time, and then I just, like, put up the hood of my hoodie because it kind of looks weird. Like, why has why this guy got headphones in? I kinda... know,
0: that's what I figure. I'm sure nobody's looking at me, but if they were looking at me, and I am at, you know, here's some famous band that I'm watching, and I got them standing with my fingers in my ears. <laughs> right. You know, what kind of a freak is that? But I do find I
1: hear I hear the sound better, yeah no like absolutely. Kind of some of it I'll even like like you know once in a while, like and like everybody else seems to be fine, so I take one out a little bit and it's just like ah, nope, too much, too much noise so uh yeah, so the basic thing uh with this coming back home thing, so how it all kind of worked out is um. So the little, what, what little crew is left in Toronto? <laughs> it's, it's dwindled quite a bit now that I've gotten in fights with everybody last year and then moved away. But the people that are left set up a little cottage weekend for July 15th, I guess. So yes, yeah, so I was like, all right, cool. I'll go to Toronto for the week and uh, stay with Matt. And then, uh, yeah, I realized that this family reunion thing in New Brunswick is that next weekend. But then I was looking at flights And I'm like, man, it's like a nine hour flight from Fredericton back to Vancouver. Like that just sucks. So then I hit upon the idea. Why don't I go back to Toronto for another week? (laughs) So I'm going to go to Toronto for a week, Fredericton for a week, Toronto for a week, and back here to Vancouver. Because it's only like the plane ticket was only $100 more to split it that way. And I can just stay at Matt's or Brad's or my friend Mike's for free. So why not?
0: sure why not you've got something else going on it's not like you got to be to work that's um. true
1: <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's my plan little little mini mini uh travel and this would be like a little travel test you know i can get all my
2: vacation.
1: stuff all my, <laughs> a vacation from my life which is a vacation but um yeah and i was thinking so i'll do this i mean this whole year has been kind of a test and this will ramp it up a bit but uh of like I still don't own anything that won't fit in this one book bag that I came here with except I have some like dumbbells but whatever you just buy new dumbbells when you get to a new place but let me tell you this crazy thing I was thinking especially if I do this little test and it works and like I've been I haven't had groceries like this whole year like I don't use the fridge at my place like like that's where I I feel like you know it's like little baby steps toward my future traveling but like like uh there wouldn't be much difference you know if i was in a different city or just always going somewhere else than how i'm doing things here in vancouver now Uh, except i guess if i was staying at a hostel or something i'd have to have this book bag all day with me but but uh yeah so here's what i was thinking this idea all just kind of cascaded down and it may never happen but i was just it's just weird coincidences and things that kind of made sense is one of the girls from the coffee shop is moving to Japan for a year to teach English. So she's like, hey, well, I'm going to be there for a year. Anybody who wants to come have an excuse to go to Japan, like, come visit for a week, whatever. You know, I'll help you not just, you know, you know, integrate a little into Japan and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that could be cool. That could be neat. But the plane ticket to Japan, it's real expensive. So then I was thinking, well, if I was going to go all the way there... Why only go for a week? So I looked into it and you can get a ninety day visitor visa, just no questions asked. It's fine, you can stay for three months. So I was like, that'd be cool. What if I stayed in Japan for three months and just stayed in like have you ever seen those little capsule hotels?
0: Yeah, I see I well. I've heard of them. I've not,
1: never actually seen one. Yeah, I've only I mean I've only seen little documentaries and stuff about them. But like there's all kinds of weird little places that you can stay in Japan. You know, I just keep my book bag with me in the day, go sleep in the dumb capsule hotel at night or whatever. That's the other thing that's crazy is besides the plane ticket, like my, it wouldn't even be that much more expensive for me to stay in a place like a capsule hotel every night instead of paying rent at a place. So that's what I was thinking is like, if I did go to Japan and I did stay the three months, there's not really a lot of point in paying rent here in Vancouver at the same time. So I could just let that lease go because it's just a month to month lease anyway. But then I was thinking, so once the Japan thing is up, then big expensive flight all the way back to Vancouver. But but why? Like, I don't have a job here, really. I could just find another place to live, I guess. But, you know, I know some people here, but there's no real reason to come back. And I'm kind of burned out on Toronto and Fredericton and, like, kind of Canada in general. So that's where I started thinking, well, after Japan, it's either an expensive flight to Canada or a cheap flight to... Cambodia, Taiwan, Vietnam, China like they're all, all these places are there so what if I just, just started moving around to different places? And well
0: there are people who do that and who love doing that
1: Yeah and that's the thing is like it would be a little more expensive than just being holed up here in Vancouver but not a ton especially once you get out of like Japan like those other countries like everything's cheap as hell <laughs> you know? it's like ridiculously cheap and I'm like already kind of trained for it you know like like how would my life even be different except i guess my sleeping would be a little less flexible you know like now at least having an apartment i can just chill out inside all day if i want to but i don't like i never do i always leave and i'm just outside all day i don't know it's like weird weird thoughts like just like one led to the next led to the next and i'm like maybe this is it maybe this is the little catalyst i need to just kick it off so, I don't know. Something don't I've been rolling around.
0: Since I'm not one to be traveling quite like that uh, so much, uh, no, I don't, well, <laughs> I guess if that's what your bag is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just been, like, this whole year especially, a bit in Toronto, but especially out here, it's like, yeah, I'm just, I prefer not owning things. I just feel better <laughs> not owning stuff. And I feel better being outside, just walking around, not really doing anything, just being outside. And yeah, I could do that. It just like it would be basically the same thing I'm doing now, except instead of going back to the same apartment every night, it would just be like go to a different place, <laughs> a different place, a different place, and then occasionally, when a visa runs out, a little slightly more extended trip to a new country. I think it could be pretty cool even uh well, it's even been like almost like a a test like it was weird, like in Toronto, I mean, I was just down in the dumps, but it was like like just so weird and lonely feeling. Like even when I went out and hung out with people, it was like never enough. I just couldn't fill the hole. I was just felt like, oh, I'm just not sociable enough and I don't know enough people and this sucks. But I like got over that hump. And now out here in Vancouver, especially after I quit that coffee job, I mean, I, I see those people once in a while, but not that much. I, I hardly know anybody. And I just, I don't really care anymore. It's weird. Like I just turned this corner and it's like, you know, if I just go outside where there's just people, out and about doing stuff i'm like oh these people are just as good as the other people who cares what people they are they're just <laughs> you know so and worst case scenario if i'm just like wow this really is lonely and weird and like i can't no one speaks english and everything sucks and i don't know just come home
0: apparently in japan most people speak english
1: i don't know about japan as much i think japan is one of the more like less people speak english because they're they're doing well financially they don't need to know basically (laughs) but most other countries i've heard yeah it's not a big problem and a lot of people i'm sure in japan still do but but yeah i mean that's the other thing oh yeah so that's the other thing is uh how i finally got these plane tickets sorted out is finally after all this time i finally sorted out a credit card that works all it is is a prepaid card so it doesn't build up credit or anything i just you know i put money on it and uh and then i can use it like a credit card but it actually works finally like the last one i had just didn't work so i ordered plane tickets with it and to test it out i ordered just like a little ten dollar thing online and, and it went through and i'm like whoa so like even that just makes it so much easier like as long as i have money in the bank and a credit card that works it doesn't even matter if i can't speak their language really <laughs> you know? i mean all i need is food and a place to sleep and money talks you know so it, like, how bad could it go, kind of, like... It would seem like a much more difficult hurdle when I didn't have the credit card. But now that I've got one that works.
0: Well, um... I'm not going to ever try to dissuade you. I mean, if that's... If you're kind of like that Roman, the globe... And you, now you seem to be wanting to extend your boundaries beyond the Canadian boundaries...
1: Yeah, it just seems like it'd be a really cool thing to try. And, uh, you know, especially when and it's not like I'm old, but you know, no one's getting younger. <laughs> so, and uh, I was thinking like worst case scenario, like theoretically, I'll figure out some way to make my own money at some point, hopefully sooner than later. But like worst case scenario, you know, you guys have been giving me like $1,000 a month. And yeah, and you know, I've got the, the money I saved up from, from my coffee job, which was kind of a good little less like test in a way too. It's like, if I need to, you know, if I just work five months at a job, I can save up a bunch of money, you know, like if I have to. But uh, yeah, like it's even if I have to continue leaning on you guys, which I probably you know, almost certainly will <laughs> for, you know, at least the next little while. Uh, like I feel like I could do this weird thing of going sort of globetrotting and it's not going to cost any more, you know, <laughs> like your, your deadbeat kid that you've been paying for just to live in Toronto and Vancouver. It's not any more expensive to go see all these weird places and do all this weird stuff except the initial like plane ticket But you know even that it's not like it's a $10,000 plane ticket or something, but it's just pretty expensive
0: Well uh, So you're kind of serious about this when's this girl going
1: uh, she's leaving in August and she'll be there for the whole year so, you know, no big hurry to decide and even that like you know, that's kind of it's almost like once all these other these other ideas came up, that sort of became like besides the point, <laughs> you know. It's like even if she's there in Japan and I go to Japan, it's like, okay, cool, I'll see you a little bit here and there. That's cool that I know somebody. But but that, you know, it doesn't hinge but on that. But that really doesn't
0: all. make any difference, right?
1: Yeah. So then even from there, it's like, well, I don't even need to necessarily start with Japan. I could even just uh Baby steps, you know, like like this other girl that's moving to England, so I know her. Uh, the dude I did the writing course with is going back to Ireland. So, you know, those would be easier, <laughs> you know, easier first steps. But, but uh, I don't know, maybe the Japan thing would be cool. Just, like, diving off the deep end, you know, just, like, jump right in, just boom. Get yourself, like, far enough yeah, away. Yeah,
0: you're pretty close. I mean, where you where you are in Vancouver, you're pretty close to that whole eastern...
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Oriental culture. I didn't think about that. I guess from here, England and Japan are pretty much the same distance in just different directions, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think, (laughs) oh, you're much closer to Japan than you would be to England.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I'm still thinking of East Coast. So, yeah, you're right. Hmm.
0: I thought of that when I was in Victoria, and I I had to do a plane change, of course, in Vancouver. And, my God, I went through the wrong gate and ended up in the... There's this big section that was... uh, planes that were going to the Orient. Oh, my God. And they have a whole section in the Vancouver airport at the end of the, you go through like the Canadian places. I was supposed to stop at Toronto, to, for a Toronto Connection, and I went through the wrong doors. Right. And then I was in this place where, uh, oh, they had all this Oriental food. I had a great Oriental lunch. Didn't realize it was in the wrong section. But I <laughs> said, oh, geez, there's a lot of Oriental people here. And they kept making all these calls, to, you know, Call plane to Burma, plane to Thailand. <laughs> I kept thinking, uh, how come there's no planes to Canada here? And then uh, I almost missed my flight. I went back to the gate, and the guy said, how'd you get through there anyway? I said, I don't know. I just walked through. <laughs> and then he told me, he said, no, no, that's the section that's going to the Orient. You know.
1: <laughs> um, I was going to say, yeah, that makes me think of, uh, I was just, uh, there's this mall here in Vancouver called the Crystal Mall that I went to once with Leo, my old uh, roommate who was from China. And I, I never, I didn't even know where it was. And then I saw it the other day. So I went in and it's like fully Asian, like hundred percent, totally Chinese. Like everything's written in Chinese. And uh, just even walking through that mall and going into like the food court and there's all these food stalls, but no English text anywhere and everybody's Asian. And I was like, even just as a little test, like I wonder what that would feel like if everywhere you go in a whole country is like that. <laughs> you know, Maybe it'll be terrible and I really won't be able to deal with it. But I mean, I don't know. It'd be neat to try. Well. Yeah, and no, I just, I don't know. It's like weird. I was just, I, I just like whenever I go to a new part of Vancouver, like even coming back to Vancouver, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And now just if I find a new, there's so many like weird I got lost the other day, not lost exactly, but well, kind of lost in this weird park way out by this place, Metrotown. It's the second biggest mall you know, after the West Edmonton Mall. And somehow I, I was walking home from there and I went through this weird park I'd never been in before. And it was huge, this huge weird park and all these foresty woods. And I was like, didn't know where I was. And eventually I got my bearings and then I had to look it up on Google Maps when I got home. But it was awesome. Like, it just, I just love being in new places. I'm like, man, what if I was just in a new place every goddamn day forever? (laughs) Or until I don't like it anymore. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. May never happen, but uh, I don't know. It's weird too. It's like, it's just like taking like the quote unquote weaknesses of, of my life and flipping them around. It's like, yeah, okay. So here I've been in Vancouver like a year. I know some people but you know nobody that i really developed any big relationships with or super close friendships or anything uh so you know just bumming around here becomes like it felt in toronto it's like why am i here i just feel like i'm kind of spinning my wheels whereas if i do the exact same thing i'm doing now and just spin my wheels (laughs) in a succession of different places that's a friggin crazy adventure tons of stories and weird stuff and places that i've been like it's not it's like a tiny little shift for me but the perception of it is like way cooler (laughs) you know So, so when
0: you come back to Fredericton and then go back to Toronto you may just not go back to Vancouver
1: no I will for now definitely not quite ready to pull the trigger on all this and that's only three weeks so yeah I'll just you know keep paying the rent here while I'm here Really, I wanted to finish this one book I've been writing, the book about video games. It's fucking so its so close to being done, but man, writing is just death. It is just brutal. Oh, that's the other thing, I guess, for, you know, whatever grander career ambitions that I've got, it mostly comes down to writing, and that's not affected in the slightest by any of this, because I always just, as I'm out and about in the town, I just stop somewhere and do some writing. Like, that's all. I just can do that anywhere. If anything, it'll probably just kind of charge me up <laughs> to, like, do it more. Like I love too. Like a lot of times here, because I I don't like just sitting in a coffee shop. It's kind of boring. Like I like to be traveling, you know. I'm still just sitting, but I will like take the bus or the train like as far as I can, and you know, so I can look at the window and see a view going by while I'm writing stuff. But then there's nothing I can do except turn around and come back, you know. (laughs) Like like wouldn't it be great if I could just keep going? Like, ah, I'm in London today, and I'm in Paris tomorrow, and fuck it, maybe I'll just go back to London. I don't care, whatever, just, like, keep moving. <laughs> I like that idea. It seems cool.
0: Well, and there's lots of places in the world that uh, to see some wonders and some horrible places. And
1: yeah, and, well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, uh, I mean, my rent is pretty good here in Vancouver. I managed to get a real cheap place, but it still comes out to, you know, like 20, 20 bucks a day around and I've been looking into the prices of staying at just like Airbnbs and hostels and stuff and you know, usually that's like $30 a day, it's like not that much more and then once you get to places like Cambodia and Vietnam, I mean it's so cheap, it's, it's ludicrous like you can just be like $10 a day, so yeah, I don't know especially watching all these like YouTube travel vloggers and stuff too, it just like, it really demystifies things it's like it's no big deal in a way it's almost boring in a way it's like no matter where you go no matter what crazy place you think you're at there's a taco bell there there's a kentucky fried chicken or it's like that carl pilkington show where he's like look at this there's the the pyramids and i'm in a pizza hut (laughs) like like the world is just kind of besides the language barrier everything is the same yeah
0: that's true that that is true the world has gotten so uh globally close and most of it's been influenced by the Western culture.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: like it's...
0: There's, there's not far... You can, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you turn a corner, you're going to find a McDonald's.
1: So I think that's kind of... That'll be... That's where, uh, I don't know, if I do go, like, because of this, uh, the girl who's moving to Japan, like, that was a neat little catalyst. It's nice to maybe have that little bit of a push like oh, i really should get my shit together and go to japan while she's there just to ease the transition a little you know because she could help me even just with little stuff getting a cell phone that works or whatever but uh but yeah mostly i think it'll just be like when you know when the kind of monotony of just being in vancouver every day gets worse than you know <laughs> when the i guess when the fear of going somewhere new is smaller than the monotony of staying Then I'll just, there you go, I'll just go.
0: You're talking like the Middle East and all, or the Eastern, or the Orient, that kind of stuff, but there's all those Scandinavian countries and that too that must be quite fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I know a lot from YouTube videos and stuff about the, uh, the Asiatic type countries more because that's where a lot of these people that travel, they teach English while they go, and, uh, I guess it's like in uh, Japan, it's kind of tough to get that job. Like you need to have a a degree of some kind just to show that you're not a total jerk off. But this one guy in particular I watched, like he he really talked up Vietnam and Cambodia, both real big because he's like, you know, like especially like they just sound bad or whatever. They have bad connotations, but they're fine. (laughs) They're just normal places and anybody can teach English there. Like anybody, it just doesn't matter. And... It's, like, one of those things where you, you... It's not money you can save up. Like, there's no reason to take that money out of the country because it just equals nothing. But while you're in the country, it's fine. And I don't know if I would go that route, but, but the, you know, it still just shows that it's cheap. It's cheap to be there. It's not expensive.
0: And, you know, what if you ever did want to do something like teach? You'd, you've got very good language skills.
1: Yeah, and it was, like, a built-in, you know... Uh, uh, just a built-in what's the word I'm looking for like a skill that's uh, you know having a skill it's like eight. yeah that's that's uh, when, when people want it in, in demand oh in demand <laughs> that's, yeah there's my great English skills but yeah just the fact that I can just speak English like yeah there you go like you're immediately a valuable prospect except for Japan because everybody wants to go to Japan but all the other countries that people don't want to go to <laughs> you're golden
0: but you're also, you're very literate. Right. You're not just a dog is scratching me. Cut it out, you. Get over here.
1: Well, it's interesting, too, because I've heard that uh, with a lot of those programs, they really don't mind and almost prefer if you don't have a strong grasp of their language, because they don't want you to show up and speak Vietnamese all day. They want you to just speak English, just, <laughs> just so everybody can absorb some English.
0: Yeah, and they want their... Uh, their students to be to be
1: immersed in english right yeah not like weird cuz you can tell when somebody like uh, i knew this girl sunny from uh, south korea who her english was pretty good but she learned from other koreans and there was just all kinds of weird stuff like she didn't she thought the word uh, vanilla was banilla with a b because there's everybody oh yeah, said it wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know stuff like that like but she even wrote it that way like she really had no idea so yeah, I can see why it's valuable to have a native speaker around just to iron out to that type of stuff. So you're not just like recursing, like recursive problems or like the echo chamber of two people that don't really know English talking to each other.
0: They also would, uh, you know, try to, uh, if you've got somebody that speaks with a North American accent, see, that's what they, they want to learn that accent, that whole intonation of how to speak too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I always think that's fascinating when you hear... Uh, there's a lot of uh, people from India and uh, quite a few from China that have, uh, like, your uh, um, English accents, you know, like from England. Because they learn from, from those people. I just think that's kind of interesting. But yeah, that's pretty much all that's been on my mind lately. I just thought I'd ramble that to you. And then when I listen back to this podcast, when I'm putting it up, I'll, you know, I can, that's like... It's almost like hearing my own thoughts back to myself. I can see if it makes sense, but... But that's what I've been thinking. And again, it really is nice, too, to just do that little flip because it's it's like of the two paths. It's like, especially like once I quit that coffee job, that was my built-in little, all right, I'll just go hang out with all the coffee shop people. That's cool. And since I quit that job, so now it's like, well, I really am spinning my wheels, like, so... So do I try and climb my way up some social ladder somewhere, take some more courses, try to meet people, blah, blah, blah? (laughs) Like, I just don't have the energy for it. Whereas on the other hand, this fact that I've gotten so accustomed to just hanging out by myself all day and I don't seem to, you know, it doesn't get to me anymore. It's like, it's almost weird how much it's changed from Toronto, where I just feel like, yeah, whatever. It's just me hanging out. Everything seems fine. So maybe just, like take that sort of detriment of that i am just this weird ghost person that has no real connections to this city and no real reason to be here and just start floating my ghostly way through a bunch of different places
0: you're a real introvert keith
1: (laughs) yeah i really think more so than ever now i mean i was really i don't know i mean i guess i'm kind of proud of myself with all the stuff like new york and i did those stand-up competitions to get to know those people and i moved there and i was on their show all the time and like Like when they would have big parties and stuff, it's like, yay, you know, I'll host the party, be the guy. Actually, it's weird. Like people say, always say that like they turn into their parents where uh, I always think of like dad when uh, those pancake suppers at the church, whenever we would go to those and he would just like, you know, just be quiet, old my dad, whatever. And then he'd get there and turn it on, and it's like, all right, I'll talk to everybody, and da da, da. And then by the time we left, you could just see that he was just drained. He's <laughs> just like, I just want to go home and go to my room or something, and that's it. And I maybe I'm turning that way, as well, because yeah, it's a, you know, if I got a, an occasional going away party, like yeah, party down, and then it's like, cool, now I'm just going to chill out for a week, because that was enough.
0: I'm very much the same. I just assume just uh, who can be bothered with people. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when you have to deal with them, you do. Um, But it's not the kind of thing that I'd go out of my way to socialize.
1: It's one of those things, too. Like, I've always thought, I mean, compared to, like, say, I don't know, like Matt Jenkins or whatever, like, he's always been a fairly, you know, uh, introverted type fellow. And, like, compared to him, I'm like, I think me and him both kind of saw me as the the social, um, what's the term I'm looking for? I got no words today. Like uh, this, you know, connecting things together. Like, man, I know there's a word and I can't think of it. Accommodator, you know, (laughs) like kind of bring little groups together, make things work, keep things kind of flowing. But I just, I'm just, I'm just kind of over it now. I just like, I just, whatever. I just don't care anymore. (laughs) Or I want everything to be easy. I want all my friendships and relationships with people to be totally easy and totally stress-free, because why shouldn't they be, <laughs> you know? <laughs> why should I be taking shit from anybody? Like, I don't know, I just, this is a tiny, dumb example, but like this girl with the going away party from the coffee shop, I asked somebody, like, oh, are you going to this thing? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know, because there's this, and blah, blah, blah. and it's just like high school, like, oh, I guess there's a rift between this person and that person, and they've been, because there's like 20 people that work at this place, so it's enough for dissension in the ranks, I guess, and I just like cut her off, and just like, I don't... I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. There's no reason for this to be difficult. There's no reason for this to be hard. Just, I don't care. Just don't come then. Whatever. I don't care.
0: Well, and especially since it's just a bunch of bullshit, because usually that's what it is. A, oh, I can't go here. Or, I'm so concerned what somebody might think about me. And really, if they only knew that most people don't think about other people. They just think about themselves.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> And then yeah, once you accept that, it's like, so what? I mean, we are just yeah. animals. Like, why pretend we're not? Like, we're supposed to be so great, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we're just monkeys walking around, talking to each other.
0: And like when people say, oh, you know, oh, okay, so let's say they're wearing something. And, oh, my God, I've got, let's say you know, I'm looking at my pants here, now. I've got dog hairs on my pants. Well, you know what? I could go out and all around the town, and nobody would ever notice it. Nobody else would ever notice I've got dog hair on my pants. It's only me that notices it.
1: No. Yeah, I think I've been kind of thinking about it lately, too, just because heading back to Toronto, like, I'll be there for a while, like, you know, two weeks altogether. So I was thinking about old Joel, you know, that I got in the fight with his wife. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a shame. I still like Joel. It'd be kind of cool to hang out with Joel. But we'll see, because I just, I just don't want to even have a discussion about his wife. His wife's an asshole that's it I don't have to rub his face in it but I just don't even want to talk about it <laughs> you know I don't need it in my life like there's no reason for life not to be easy but I don't know maybe that'll mean I won't hang out with Joel but oh well you know <laughs> it's like
0: yeah and you know you, if, if as long as Joel is connected with somebody who's so crazy and retentive yeah it's probably better just to steer clear
1: yeah yeah because that's even oh man i even just like running just you know as i'm just you know thinking idle thoughts throughout the day i'm like well you know maybe you know if we're hanging out at a bar or something someone will call joel he'll just come over really i just want to i hope i can at least trust myself enough to just not bring her up just not talk about his wife (laughs) because i really have nothing nice to say like time heals no wounds it's been a year i feel exactly the same she sucks but yeah, maybe it's just maybe it's just easier not to, just all together. Whatever, <laughs> you know, like fuck. Yeah. yeah.
0: It'd be different if you were somewhere and you just ran into him by accident.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, but actually
0: I, make contact after.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the thing. If I if I was willing to, uh, you know, make up with her and pretend I was her friend and blah blah blah, but I'm not, so I probably shouldn't drag Joel back into my continued you know, feelings of not wanting to do that. <laughs> you
0: know? No, because he's got to live with that woman. Yeah. And he's got a, the two kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And it's one of those things too, you kind of just got to put things in perspective a little bit. It's like, I'm like, ah, oh, it sort of sucks. It'd be cool to see Joel. And it'd be kind of cool to see those kids. But again, like, I guess like I was saying earlier, it's like, yeah, those people were all cool and I like them, but like hanging on to that stuff, it just kind of makes you miserable. It's like, yeah, they're they're cool and stuff, but all these other people on the earth are are just as good. <laughs> you know, it seems weird to say, but it's like you know that your friends aren't special or whatever. But they're not that really. You know, whatever.
0: And you know, she she definitely. Uh, well, she doesn't like you. That's her, no question about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like her either.
0: No, I know, I know, but but uh, he's chosen her, so right. That's how it's got to be, you know? You just kind of... I don't know. I don't think I'd bother trying to renew that relationship, even though I know how fond you were of those kids. Yeah, but... they'd probably love to see you again.
1: I don't know. See, I was thinking that, too, is, like, I don't... Again, even that, I feel like... uh, I mean, they're real real young, like, three and one when I left, and uh, so, I mean, I think the three-year-old would remember me. The one-year-old would pretend (laughs) that he remembered me, but as it stands, like, I'm sure they never, you know, I've just, they don't think of me at all. It's probably easier not to, you know? Like, just, like, they're little kids. Like, I don't know, they don't want to just see somebody who comes through town and hang out for uh, two hours. Like, like, they don't care. If they don't see me, they won't care. Whereas if they do see me, you know, maybe it's a big thing or some. I don't know. And it
0: is possible that they really might not remember you.
1: Yeah, although uh, his oldest kid, Jet, has a really good memory. It's like eerie almost. <laughs> he remembers so much stuff, it's crazy. But... Or like he would sometimes talk about stuff that happened to him when he was like one year old, and Joel would confirm, like, holy crap, that did happen. How does he, how does he know that? <laughs> how does he remember that? <laughs> so maybe that kid's a savant. But, but yeah, it's well, weird. Well,
0: t- when I think that, uh, you know, after you left, Allie Eldridge was only th- about three years old
1: yeah I'm sure she and doesn't
0: she she but then uh, I mean, she had really a really strong tie with you,
1: but I don't really think she remembers that stuff at all. I mean, I kept kind of writing her postcards no, for a while No, I
0: don't think it's specific things that she remembers it's a uh, it's a feeling right it's a feeling that uh, you know there's when she when she sees you not not now, I don't imagine so much, my God, she's twelve years old now right yeah but but when uh, when you came back um, after you had left and you, you, were, you had gone to Vancouver that time or New York, I don't remember where, but then you came back. Um, for, for her, it, yeah, it's, it's an emotion, a feeling, uh, you know, that she had really connected with you.
1: Yeah, although, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to be uh, just Mr. Uh, pessimistic about everything, but also wasn't that the period, excuse me, where she was living with Dan and uh, what was that dude's name? I can't even remember now. No,
2: oh,
0: I don't remember his name.
1: But, yeah, Tanner, or maybe? Uh, anyway, and yeah, they just they just sucked. <laughs> they couldn't run a household. Like, she went from me being Mr. Mom to these two jerk-offs that just sucked. <laughs> so then I, then I think that's part of it, too.
0: But then she was with us for a couple of months. Right. And that's when I knew that she... Like, when I would go through photo albums and show pictures of you... Oh, she she just loved Kate, Keith, 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 You know, And I knew that it wasn't necessarily specific memories. It was it was a yeah
1: it was a it was a bond and that little
0: fellow of joel's uh, may have that same thing
1: yeah i don't know if he does though he's he's crazy he really reminds me of like the road warrior you know like that's the future he would he would thrive in (laughs) he's like a crazy little dude i don't know he doesn't seem like the sentimental type but uh yeah it was weird too because then i just kind of um you know, I was like thinking about this thing with Joel and his wife and like, oh, how can I manage this and blah, blah, blah. But then I kind of realized like I was putting all this focus on how do I hang out with Joel and not anger him with my opinions about his wife and I couldn't find an answer. But it was kind of like ignoring or taking for granted all the other stuff. I mean, Matt's there, Brad's there, my old roommate, Craig, my friend, Mike, uh, this guy, Jason, this girl, Katie, and like we're going to the this cottage and doing the hangout and all this stuff. I'm like, that's plenty of people. Just hang out with those people. <laughs> you,
0: yeah. know? And you know, know, sometimes like you can't go back anyway. Like, you have certain memories or feelings of how something was. Right. And that's what draws you to going back. But when you go back, it's never the same. Well,
1: that's one thing, man. I mean, just, I think it goes hand in hand with this, you know, all this time in Vancouver spending most of my time by myself or just, but not by myself, like out in the city, but not you know, unconnected to anybody or whatever, is, I don't know, it's been kind of nice because it really, I do feel like a lot of my sentimentality is just like seeped out of me. Like I just kind of just don't care about shit anymore. And and it seems better. (laughs) Like I can see how that could sound bad, but it's better. To not feel anything than to feel bad about stuff or to be guilty about it.
0: That's that's go cool. a minute. I go let that idiot brother of yours in here because those sure. dogs are gonna just go crazy. Just that. <laughs> 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 Sure, you heard all that.
1: Jesus, yeah, those dogs are going crazy.
0: Yeah, that new dog. She just goes nuts every time Mark comes to the door.
1: Maybe she can sense his evil. <laughs> <laughs> like he seems like a robber or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that with time she'd get so that she accepted. Actually, she's afraid of him.
2: Oh yeah, well that kind of makes sense. When he's sense on too. the other
0: side of the door, she'll bark like a crazy fool. But when when he comes in, oh no, she she she's really afraid of him. <laughs>
1: I guess that is kind of weird because, like, he always had a pretty good rapport with dogs more so than people <laughs> in the last oh, yeah, decade.
0: He, he's, he's always had a real good rapport with all our other dogs, but yeah. uh, not this one. But then she's a psycho dog. There's no question about it. She's weird.
1: Yeah, I think I'll definitely have to be sleeping in the porch while I'm there, yeah? just to try yeah, to. We'll,
0: we'll put you in the front room. She doesn't go in the front room. Okay. So, and, and that's where you ended up the last time anyway. remember you were in some of these beds around here, and then you went down to the living room, to the front room.
1: Yeah, and I figured out, uh, yeah, just while I was working out all the plain stuff, I was like, well, might as well. I mean, a week's not that long stay in Fredericton. That's fine. And, uh, I'm helping Chris Harding do, like, a little video project for his, like, artwork. Like, just a little here's how I do it type video. So, uh... Figured I'd spend a few extra days in Fredericton. I can help him with that, like face to face. It's a lot easier.
0: Well, as I see me, Jaxie, shut up. God. Oh yeah, this one is so weird. This dog that the when the windshield wipers go in the truck, oh she just goes berserk. It's like she, like she thinks they're an animal or something, and she's gonna get it.
2: But Man. she doesn't
0: realize there's glass between herself and the and the windshield. <laughs> so then, at first, that, at first, that's that she would just kind of go nuts when they moved, when the windshields, when the wipers moved. Now, and Neil lets her do it because he doesn't have any control over dogs at all. Right. She sits in the front of that vehicle and she just stares out at the windshield wipers, and they're not even moving; they're just there, <laughs> and she's just staring at them, like hey, just I'm waiting for you to move, and as soon as you move, I'm gonna get you.
1: Man, you know, a lot of times I think of, like, people, and I'm like, ah, people are just like animals, like, we're not so great, but maybe I'm not giving us enough credit because that is pretty dumb. <laughs> That's a pretty limited awareness <laughs> of well, the situation. Well, I think situation. what
0: probably happened when she she was owned by just this young fella, well, mm-hmm. he's probably about as old as you are now, but uh, he had her for, eight, for seven, almost eight years before we got her. Um, and I think before he got married... Uh, You know, this dog was, uh, this dog can be really antisocial. But I think that it was, you know, let's turn the wipers on and watch the dog kind of go berserk. And then they laugh about it. That's got to be what it was. (laughs) And uh, so now she uh, she just goes crazy. Even if she's in my car and she's tied in the back seat with her seatbelt on. If we put the wipers on, because you have to sometimes, damn it, it's raining outside. Oh, yeah. Like as soon as she sees the move, she just goes crazy.
1: Man, well, you're a better person than me because, <laughs> you know, like we were talking about the loud noises earlier. Another part of that is, like, I, it's this thing I might have told you about it. But it's called misophonia. I mean, I'm just diagnosing myself, but when I read about it, it seems like man, maybe I have that. But like that kind of stuff, like loud, piercing noises and stuff, like I just I just can't I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. Like if that was my dog, I'd be like somebody else has to take this dog. Can't do it.
0: Well, unfortunately. Uh I wouldn't mind if somebody else would take this dog, but I don't think there's anybody else who would take this dog.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> that's how
0: that's how kind of Looney toony she is. And you uh, know, like right now, she's just laying on the bed, and she's she's very antisocial. Like she just doesn't want to be bothered with people. And uh, you have to, if people approach her, oh, she just might bite the hand right off them.
1: So you get constant barking, but also zero affection. <laughs> it's a great deal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And she's, she's, she's real smart, like she can see things, like most animals, I don't really believe that most animals can see other animals on TV.
1: Right.
0: When a dog is on that TV, you don't even have to say anything, like she just sits there in a tent, a dog or, or an animal, a small moving animal of some kind, and she just, she just sits there intently looking at the TV screen. And if, a, and if a dog barks on the TV, she'll get right alert and stare right at it. And You know, and you think, oh, she can't really see that. But I think she can.
1: Yeah, I wonder about that. I don't really know how much... I mean, I guess it would make sense that... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea really how dog dog vision and stuff works.
0: Anyway, I know when you were home the last time, like old Jimmy there, yep, 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 he drove you crazy. Well, now there's two of them. And she's not the instigator. He's the instigator. He barks once so and she just starts.
1: Right. Yeah, I think also, I mean, last time I was in a particularly... Bad insomnia stretch. I was like taking those over-the-counter sleeping pills and stuff, and I was there for like three weeks. So, yeah, I have I, now. I'm I'm off the sleeping pills, and uh, it's only a week, so I think I'll be fine.
0: Well, you might want to bring your
1: earplugs. Oh yeah, I mean I sleep with earplugs in every night, so so I will for sure. So I guess uh, the only other thing I can think of uh, before I let you go is just to wrap up the previous thread. Anybody who might still be listening to this show is, uh, my feet are okay now. So, uh, like
0: I—that's I, after you got those insults.
1: Yeah, because I was telling you on a an unrecorded conversation about uh, how Brad got special insult things for his shoes, and they were like custom, so they were like four hundred dollars. Which yeah. I'm glad I don't have. To. Apparently, what he had was much, much worse than me. I didn't don't have to go that route. So I looked up the best shoes for people with crappy feet. And uh, I found this one brand everybody says is the best, but it's like 150 bucks for a pair of shoes, which I was like, oh, well, maybe, but, but let's not go straight to that. So instead I got these like Dr. Scholl's shoes. Cause you know, still Dr. Scholl's or that's a pretty well-known brand. Yeah. And they're only 50 bucks. And then I have the little $30 inserts in them that's eighty foot gear
0: that <laughs>
1: yeah still not cheap, but it, but yeah, like I feel fine But it's now.
0: working is it
1: yeah, like at this point, my feet it took a little while for my left foot to kind of heal, but now you know any just normal soreness from from the fact that I walk everywhere but uh
0: and see uh see most people need an arch support anyway, and very few cheap shoes so, you know they have that little lift, but there's no real arch support in them, yeah. And there's no question, you've got flat feet.
1: Yeah, and like I think I said last time, like what really did me in was my little experiment where I got some bad advice online about how, oh, you know, go back to nature. We're supposed to be barefoot, so get the flattest shoes you can get. So those were literally like $8 slip-ons from Walmart. <laughs> they were the flattest, flatter than anything. So, yeah, that's what did me in.
0: And people, people don't pay attention to their feet like when I was a kid growing up now we didn't have a whole lot of money I mean, we were a big family but I'll tell you my mother every fall took us or the end of the summer took us over to Savage's shoe store and we got fitted with shoes Oxfords the, like a leather shoe that laced up and that took us through the winter and into the spring right um God we never wore sneakers on our feet until well when we got into uh, like I'm going to say junior high school and we, we were going down to Carl Harvey's earning a little bit of money for ourselves then we bought shitty shoes because we wanted some the shoes that look real cool you know and sneakers and flat shoes and all that stuff but but the shoes that our mother always insisted that we have were lace-up oxfords and they had real good arch supports because you went over to savages and they fitted your feet with that silver thing that they have in shoe stores and they measured your arch and. All that, so she spent a lot of money on. Well, probably not a lot. She just figured that that was important.
1: That yeah,
0: our teeth were falling apart, but our feet were in real good shape.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it becomes a lot when you got ten. How many? Eleven kids. Twelve. Twelve. Jesus Christ! I can never remember. <laughs> now the
0: younger kids never got the same kind of footgear treatment like we did right. because we had moved from Marysville at that time when they were they were still young kids, and there was nothing like that down there. And, and by that time I was a I was a teenager and babysitting there my own money and we were going across the border and buying real classy looking shoes but they had they were cheap and they had no art support in them at all and I can remember mom saying now hey, you're putting on remember you're gonna wreck your feet with those shoes yeah, well who cares they look cool um, but nowadays you know you just go off and buy foot gear anywhere like very seldom do you go into a shoe store and actually have your feet fitted and measured and yeah, all I've, that but uh, no, never... she, she was very keen on having that all taken care of and I figured she must have been brought up the same way
1: yeah I don't even know where you'd go to get your feet like fitted like that I mean, I besides either. a podiatrist.
0: I think there I think I I think I remember going by one of the shoe boot stores or whatever in the Regent mall once and seeing the little sit down like Al Bundy used to work in one of those places and he, right. he had one he had one of those the the silver things that measure your feet. Uh, And I think I saw one in the Regent Mall one day. But it's unusual to see it. You just go in and you say, I wear a size 7, and that's what you get. You put it on your feet and you walk out.
1: Man, how weird was that show? Like when you think back to it, of like, so Al Bundy was the football hero, married the, you know, hot chick in school. But now they're like, but now let's just fuck this guy. Like, now his kids hate him, his wife nags him all the time. And, and that was supposed to be, like, this super emasculating job, like he's on his knees putting shoes on women's feet all day. Like What the hell even was that show? Like, what, how did that even, what was the...
0: Reality. I guess, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you grow up. You've got to support your family.
1: Yeah, that really was, like, I guess that was... Because, yeah, everybody kind of remembers it as, like, oh, that was the first Fox sitcom, and, like, that was when, you know, humor started becoming more body or whatever, but there was more going on than that, you know? It really was, like... Like, I mean, obviously, Leave it to Beaver was many decades before, but they were, like, let's really put the final nail in that coffin of the American dream and all this Americana bullshit. (laughs) Well,
0: see, then you had All in the Family, too. Uh, That was probably the first... Right. that was Archie Bunker and Edith and
1: yeah.
0: uh, that was probably you wouldn't remember that but that because that was yeah
1: I don't you, really you remember Al Bundy but I don't really know any yeah I haven't really ever seen episodes all I know about all in the family now through today's politically correct lens is that apparently Archie Bunker was a terribly bigoted sexist man <laughs>
0: oh he was he was and at that time he that was the first time on on TV that there were um you know racist slurs and but it was to show you how how that was what life was like there was a whole lot of racism going on and and archie was the representative of that in the white in the white world um but, but that's what they were trying to show is that man like there is all this crap going on out there and it's half of it's hidden away but it's there and it, it brought it very much into the public eye. So then you had that, and then it was followed up by the Jeffersons, because they got the Jeffersons moved in next door to with Archie Bunker. Oh, those Archie, Archie's are Archie's house.
1: I didn't realize it was like a spin-off show.
0: Yeah, and then and the Jeffersons won a I don't know somewhere. I don't know where they got the million dollars from, but they got all kinds of money, and then they moved uptown,
1: moving on it's up, some
0: great big condo or someplace. Right. Uh, so, yeah, they were, they were a spin-off of that, and then Maud was a spin-off of that, too, because Maud was, what relationship? She was like the female Archie Bunker. Um, they were some, some relation, cousin or something to Edith, and uh, she, they started showing up in the Archie Bunker show in All in the family. and then, uh, But I think it spun off after the Jeffersons. And then they, that kind of died out for a bit. And then you had um, Al Bundy's crew coming, like, later.
1: Well, what about uh, as far as chronology? So before All in the Family, the Honeymooners was before that, right?
0: Yeah, the Honeymooners was black and white. They were... I don't really... I never saw much of the Honeymooners because I was just a kid when that was out. That was, oh, way back. Um,
1: Because that's another thing. I've never seen the actual show. I only know the few little things that have trickled down, but the big famous thing is... One of these days, Alice. Wham, boom, straight to the moon. And you know, through today's lens, everyone's like, "That's not a joke." He's talking about beating his wife. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was all uh, just uh, that was uh, like showing uh, blue-collar workers, the white worker. It really didn't deal a whole lot with uh, with with uh, issues of of like racism, which is what Archie Bunker was it's claim to fame
1: was yeah i remember that
0: spinoffs were the were the same like it's just a continuation of it in a different format
1: that's one of those things too it's weird to uh go backward you know like all the stuff that you saw chronologically growing up where i'm traveling backward through time to learn about this stuff i can't remember the guy's name but the son the hippie son in all in the family rob oh, reiner uh...
0: Uh, Rob Reiner
1: yeah because then I was like wait a fucking second that's the guy who made Spinal Tap <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea where I'm sure to everybody else who saw Spinal Tap at the time they're like oh that's the kid from out in the family <laughs> like, that just yeah. seems so weird
0: and he's done a whole lot of,
1: uh, of uh, yeah he's pretty famous but to me it's all Spinal Tap that's the best thing he ever did
0: yeah he was Mike and he was the Mike was supposed to be the uh, the voice of of, of reason Whereas Archie was the voice of, um, well, you know, he was a racist, he was a bigot, he was a, a chauvinist, he, he was a blue-collar worker, he was, all, he was all those things. He softened down quite a bit at, at the, as the show developed, but that was, you know, to show that he, well, he was growing, that he, he wasn't always going to be that, big, that bigot that he was in the original shows. It was it was quite a good show for its time. It's dated though. Right, sure. And see the originals of all those sitcoms was probably um, I Love Lucy. Right. Which is way back. It would be well. It would have been around the time of the Honeymooners.
1: Yeah, it's funny to think because I, I Love Lucy seems much more modern than all those other shows. <laughs> it seemed a lot more forward thinking.
0: I don't know that, but it didn't deal with issues either. Right. Like like anything, any social issues, it didn't. I would say All in the Family was the first that that really dealt with, yeah, social issues of the time, which would have been you know, 1970 maybe that it came out, 69, 70. And everybody hated Archie Bunker, but you could look at at your parents, especially my like I could look at my at Archie Bunker, and I saw a whole lot of my father in him. Right. And other people's fathers, too, like from that era. That's just how it was. You couldn't, they didn't show emotion, and if they did, it was uh, like at the end of, the, of All in the Family, you would see Archie showing emotion if there was something serious happened to either his daughter Gloria, and the, there was a, a grandchild born, but, but it was always like, you know, just a fleeting thing. And that's what it was like with our, with our parents. They didn't show emotion. Whereas
1: now, parents are, oh, God, they're emoting all over the place. Right. Well, you know, actually, the only thing that makes me think of is uh, one time, just out of curiosity, I watched the first and last episodes of uh, Cheers, and I was really impressed with the finale of Cheers because it was really unsentimental. Like, uh, you know, everybody knew the bar was closing and it was going to be the end of an era or whatever, and there was, like, this one moment where... uh, the the fat dude who is always there, not Cliff, but the other one. No, um,
0: oh, yeah, the the postman.
1: Not the postman, but his friend, the curly-haired, black-haired oh, yeah, guy. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know his name, but because I never watched that many of those
1: shows. Well, there was this one point where he almost, you know, like starts making, like a tearful talk about what the bar meant to them, like it's on the tip of his tongue, and then he doesn't, and the show just ends, like you know, just uh, you just turn off the lights, everybody leaves sam says his last goodbye and credits and i was like man that's awesome because this whole show has been about a bunch of people hanging out at a bar having that weird bar family relationship where they're not really involved in each other's lives and it's all pretty superficial and i love that they stuck to that like they they, even though cheers was this huge show and everybody was going to watch that last episode and it would be so easy to go for the schmaltzy ending and they didn't and man i I respected that i thought it was cool
0: I can't, uh, yeah, I, do- I
1: definitely didn't see that. Yeah, I did this thing once where uh, I did the whole loop where I watched the first and last episodes of Taxi, Cheers, and Frasier. <laughs> like, like just the different, because I feel like those are like, I mean, I guess Taxi and Cheers are not directly connected, but for some reason they feel that way in my brain. And that's like the three different decades of the 70s, 80s, and 90s in how, like, Americans sit like how america saw itself through sitcoms i was having a real pretentious day i guess (laughs) that's what i was thinking about but yeah it was interesting to see the changes because like taxi man that show it almost feels like a documentary by today's standards it's barely a show like it's just this weird grimy dispatch room and just all these weird taxi drivers (laughs) yeah
0: and like they never seem to like anything they did a lot
1: of talking yeah and the only person who had like emotionally resonant storylines was judd hirsch and they were fucking annoying it's like shut up judd hirsch <laughs> you <know? laughs> like you're just a taxi driver get over yourself <laughs> and uh and it never had an official ending it's just one of those shows that just stopped and then fraser i don't know fraser is weird i mean Frasier was a good show but but uh i don't know i never could quite sink my teeth into it it's just a weird show
0: it was one that uh, I never, I never watched any of those shows regular with any regularity, um, and I'm famous for never watching a show when it's out the first time. Anyway, right. it's like years later I'll say, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll watch a few of those things and see." Oh, hey, they're not half bad. But at the time when they're doing the run, i no, don't know, I just don't know why, just don't watch them.
1: Yeah, I think uh, even like just watching them from like evolution of a sitcom, like I was saying, how Taxi is like almost weirdly naturalistic by today's standards and Cheers was kind of like that like it had a lot of jokes but it was still kind of low-key just a bunch of people at a bar where Frasier was definitely like the modern sitcom like joke 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 joke. and it's kind of tiring it's like all right you're clever (laughs) I get it writers you know (laughs) calm down that's sort of how I felt about it I kind of like the older stuff in that sense like that it is just like it doesn't have to be so goddamn funny every second <laughs> It's just some stuff happening
0: Well and especially since When they have to put the laughing track in that, that, The laughing track always annoys me Because it's like oh god Like I know some of these jokes are pretty friggin lame But if you, how stupid do you think I am They have to tell me that it's funny
1: That's one weird thing about the evolution Of that type of stuff So yeah everybody got tired of laugh tracks I think Seinfeld was kind of the last big laugh track show That was like really good So then they started taking out the laugh track, but the sort of show was still the same. So everybody just deadpans every joke, like everybody's telling jokes all over the place and nobody's laughing. (laughs) And I never thought about that until uh, a show just started last year called Catastrophe. That's just a sitcom, so it's all right. It's kind of funny, but it's like revolutionary thing about it is when someone says something funny, the other characters laugh. And all of, and it's just like almost like a revelation. I'm like, holy crap, that's true. Nobody in sitcoms ever laughs at the other characters' jokes. Like, what kind of sociopaths are these people? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so just that one little tw- turning, uh, twisting of the formula is like, holy crap, this is weird. This feels different. That's kind of a neat thing. So it's like no laugh tracks, but they find a way to get laughs back in, but in a way that makes yeah, a lot more sense. Yeah. They,
0: yeah use their own actors to do it yeah Yeah. i hadn't thought about that but that's true that is what they do
1: yeah it's been like 60 years of comedies where nobody ever laughed at any of these jokes (laughs) it's like why it's so weird so anyway now that we've brought it all back around to tv again (laughs) oh well
0: tv said it had a tremendous impact on the last century yeah You got the car, which made people mobile, and you got the TV that made them stay home. (laughs) And all those video things came, you know, really are an offshoot of TV.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, I was thinking about that. That's a weird thing. But I was thinking back to the apartment I lived in that last year in Toronto. And one of my random little weird little best memories, this is just kind of weird and dumb and sort of sad, is... uh, It was this one morning, I woke up real early, like four in the morning, right before the sun was gonna come up and it was this really foggy day. And it was like just awesome and weird looking and really cool. But what made that day so good is I borrowed uh, a Game Boy from Brad and I had it in my pocket. So I went and sat in a parking lot somewhere with the fog, like super thick fog all around me. And I pulled out this thing and played a video game. (laughs) And those two things together are why that memory is stayed with me and why I'm like, man, that day was cool. (laughs) Like, how weird and sad is that? Like, Mother Nature alone is not enough. I need to have the video game, too, and then it's the best day ever.
0: A little, that's a little bizarre.
1: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But I didn't feel so bad about it because, again, I just borrowed a Game Boy from Brad. It's not like I owned one. It's not like, you know.
0: Well, similarly, there was one morning here. uh, I remember you, I don't know, you might have been 11 or 12 years old. We get up, and the sky was yellow, because there were forest fires burning in Quebec, and the smog and everything had come down here. You probably don't remember it.
1: I mean, I've, I remember that happening, but I mean, maybe it's happened the, more but but once. But the
0: sky was just yellow. The right. Whole, there was no clouds or anything. It was just yellow. And uh, I remember us walking up Henry Street and th- talking about how weird this was, like, because it was uh, is everything yellow, yellow, yellow. And it's like what you're saying not enough that nature's not enough there had to be a great big freaking fire somewhere in quebec that was kind of affecting everything so that we'd get this cool aura
1: yeah that's true speaking of that i haven't looked into it lately did uh what's going on in alberta did the rain or come Murray,
0: well the wood the fires are still burning the woods fires but they're in the woods now so they're not such a big tr- drama trauma um when they discovered that the at first the stories were pretty dramatic, like the whole city is burned, eighty thousand people evacuated. Well, there really were eighty thousand people evacuated. But what they found, once the fires uh, were kind of put out or moved off into the wood, the rest of the wooded area, fifteen um, percent of the housing was burned. Not not it wasn't nearly as bad as what they thought it was.
1: It's still it's uh, a lot. But they though. haven't gone
0: back <laughs> in. They haven't people people. They've only allowed certain people to go back in, because uh, the power was all shut off, the water was all compromised. uh. But anyway, as far as the woods still burning, the woods are still burning, and they were, I don't know if they crossed the Saskatchewan border. Uh, I I thought about, I heard about a week ago that they were right at the border. Well, hey, fire doesn't have any any Hmm. respect for provincial boundaries, so I'm sure it just crossed over.
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe I'm overgeneralizing that province, but once it hits the prairies, I mean, there's nowhere else to go, right? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, but see, this is north, so there's oh, there's,
1: yeah, there's, there's, plenty. there's
0: quite a bit of it's trees up there, not, uh, not the grasslands like they have down south.
1: Man, that's a, a, that's a little thing I just thought of. A good example of how everything is kind of the same no matter where you go is I just read a comic book the other day this woman wrote about moving to Yellowknife. She's from Quebec, and she moved to Yellowknife to go live a rustic life. And the first thing she found when she got there is that there's a Walmart in Yellowknife. <laughs> oh, I bet
0: there is. Yeah. Well, because uh, Yellowknife would be, it's like you know, a pretty good city.
1: Yeah. And then she did uh, find her rustic community a little on the outskirts. But, yeah, I just thought that was funny that, like, she just presumed, like, oh, I'm sure Yellowknife sucks, and it's fine. It's just like everywhere else. But, yeah, that's like I, bet I mean, there's
0: a McDonald around the next
1: corner. Yeah, totally. So that's a weird thing with yeah, the Fort McMurray thing is I guess, I guess that's good, 15%. that's could be worse, but man, of, what did you say, 80,000 people? It's still a lot of 80, houses. 80,000
0: people were evacuated, and, and what was kind of um, kind of probably, the whole thing I'm sure was very scary for people, because there's only one road in and one road out, I think I told you that. right Before, um, the first people that went, well, a bunch of people went south to Edmonton, but there were another bunch of people that went north, because north uh, are the camps that uh, uh, where the oil wells are and so they're these you know when you go to work at the oil wells you can a lot of young single people go and live in the camps and you know their their food's provided out of their salary and all that shit so when they went those people that went north um, of course then the fire was kind of surrounding the camps and moving north and there's there's nowhere to go north like further north you just can't keep going like if you go south, you can go to Edmonton, Calgary, whatever, just keep going. Eventually you'll end up in the States. But when you go north, those roads, that big highway that goes up through Fort McMurray, eventually just dies out. So, um, when Fort McMurray was under siege with the fire, uh, those people in the north were like, geez, well, if the fire comes north, where do we go? How do we get out? So what the, what the Provincial or city officials did at one point they opened up the road going through Fort McMurray and one lane of traffic coming north could travel through Fort McMurray to go south
1: yeah. because
0: they those people were landlocked up there
1: It must have been eerie to just go through a completely empty town
0: yeah and 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 see and they could see from the highway they could see you know a lot of the damage that had happened so, I mean there were places that were yeah completely flattened and it it did look like a it did look like a nuclear bomb had gone off
2: I did hear one but it
0: wasn't as bad at the end of the day it wasn't as bad as they initially thought because the the fires that they actually were showing burning in the city oh my god they were spectacular I mean it's kind of a thing terrible thing to say for something that is quite so horrific but they were like Jesus they must have been like a hundred feet high
1: yeah it was pretty amazing
0: burning like crazy
1: Yeah, one weird story I heard about that, someone's coming down the hall with a big loud cart, Um, that I thought was kind of interesting, is because nobody could know if their houses were still standing or not, Um, one lady called her internet provider, and was like, hey, can you just like check on my modem from my computer, like see if you can reset it remotely from there? And they could, and that just proved that her house was still there and the power was still working. So she's like, oh, sweet, thanks. <laughs> like just now, I know my house is there. So, yeah,
0: because that 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 I'm sure that that stress of of not knowing um, must have been pretty hard to take.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, and then the people who lost everything, because when those houses when they went, they went right to the ground. Yeah, so a, anyway, it was, it was quite
1: the... It's a bad it day, quite yeah. quite thing, but... Bad day to be an insurance company, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: so I must sometimes try to get in touch with my friend Ann Dorr, who lives out there, because I think I told you that the first place that burned, they said, it was one of the big trailer parks. And she lived in one of the big trailer parks out there. Right. And it did go to the ground. But I don't know if it's the one that she lived in or not.
1: Yeah, it's a weird that... Uh, like when I was talking to you, I hadn't heard about it because then, like immediately after that, uh, I mean, it was impossible to miss. It was everywhere. <laughs> I was just, I was just really out of it for those first the first day or two. But
0: it kind of makes you think too. Now you're 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 a minimalist. You don't have very much. But I, I often thought when I first heard that story. Okay, if somebody came banging on my door and said you've got 10 minutes to pack up, you think and and, and of course you've only got your car. What would you take?
1: Yeah, it really is easier just to leave it all, man. Maybe try to grab some photo albums. That's all I would first recommend.
0: First thing I said, uh, first, my first response was, uh, well, I gather up my animals and some photos.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all you and need, money. really.
0: And money. <laughs>
1: uh, sure, I guess.
0: So I got some money stashed that was here I said, take my money because <laughs> I need the money. <laughs> but actually, I did my credit card. But uh, no, I take I. I I'd stash as fill up whatever money I had. I'd stash it in my pockets.
1: Yeah, no, it's a weird That'd thing. Be the yeah.
0: First, then I'd root around and see what else I could stash, take.
1: I've really, I mean, it's been so long now that I've just been not having stuff. Like I've just kind of, I can't, like. I don't feel like I don't own stuff because I don't know what I would want to have. <laughs> it's like, what am I even missing? I did almost, I'm glad this didn't, didn't turn out this way, especially if I decide to go to Japan or whatever, but uh, maybe two months ago, uh, I don't know when it was, but I think it was right after that writing course finished, and I was just, that little transition of like, I did have my little thing that I was doing and it was over, and I was feeling especially adrift, that I almost bought a PlayStation because they were on sale. But suddenly it really quickly ballooned into like, okay, PlayStation is not that expensive, but I need a little TV. So that adds a hundred bucks. And we got to buy a game or two. That's a hundred bucks, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll sleep on it. And then the next day the sale was over. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good, fine. Like, what was I even thinking? Why would I? Cause then like, it's amazing how fast you get tethered. Like just having a, a TV and a video game system is just that amount of like well maybe i'll just stay because oh my god i got all this stuff and what am i going to do with it <laughs> like it's amazing how fast you just get rooted to the ground
0: Mhm. i know i'm i'm uh, deeply ensconced in the earth here now <laughs> with all this stuff i've got
1: yeah and it's one of those things like you know if you don't want to be a johnny vagabond that's fine but if you do yeah it's important to not get all bogged down even now, like, uh, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I, uh, I, there was a big comic book convention here, like indie comics, black and white, cool stuff. So Brad was like, oh, if you can find this one comic, you should get it. So I, I found it, so I did, but then I read it and I'm like, now what do I do with this thing? You know, it's like a book-sized comic i like, well, I don't want to, I don't want this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to put it on a shelf or something, but, uh, I found one of those, have you ever seen, I don't know if they have them in Fredericton, but they're big in Toronto and Vancouver, these like neighborhood lending libraries where people build a little, it looks like a big birdhouse kind of, and,
0: oh, I don't, and,
1: uh, and you just put yeah, books in there. You know,
0: not here in Fredericton, but I've seen them down around like Grand Lake.
1: Right. Yeah. I love those things because if I do buy a book or something, or like, uh, Carl Pilkington put out a new book, so I bought that and I read it. But once I'm done with them, I don't need them anymore. So yeah, I like to just put them in there, and then somebody else can read them.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't like to throw them away.
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd be bad, but yeah, but I don't need to own them. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They've never caught on in places like here, but but yeah, down around uh the the, the lakes, they there they have them. You see like a little thing on a telephone pole. It looks like a little house. Yeah. A little house, a little little
1: house. And I, I never oh, find goodness. any books that in, in them that I ever want to read. <laughs> but but I like to think I donate a, a higher caliber of book, a better book. Yeah, actually even now that I think about it, like when I had that coffee shop job, I splurged one day and I bought like a hundred bucks worth of books. And I still haven't read most of them. That was like ages ago. Like, I guess maybe that's not so bad. Like, just buy one little thing. And then, when it's just always sitting there staring you in the face, and you're like, "Man, I bought that, and I still haven't even looked at it, so why buy more stuff if I didn't even care about that stuff <laughs> that I bought <laughs> it's like the one little reminder like you don't need all this stuff
0: well, maybe if we get some time when you're home where we can go through some of your stuff that you've got here and you can decide if it should be disposed of because you've still got a fair amount of stuff around here too
1: yeah, I tried to like I was going to try to get rid of uh all those comic books but it was like hard to get rid of them like I was going to try to sell them on eBay and stuff but even just organizing that man what a pain in the ass and uh, I asked uh, Jason the guy that runs Strange Adventures now I'm like hey you want a whole bunch of comic books and he's like no <laughs> just put them in my basement instead of your basement like no yeah so again it would be like weird to just throw them out but how do you even get rid of them who even wants yeah. them
0: yeah well I was thinking the comic books so much because I don't they're just, you know they don't they there's, but there's other
1: stuff here. Yeah, I know there's a a Nintendo 64 in the closet. <laughs> I remember that. Um, I don't know what else, just books and shit. I guess maybe. I don't know. See, so yeah, I know I have like all these weird old notebooks and old writing and crap. But I would, if I could, I would like to just leave that stuff because. <laughs>
0: and there's a drawers. There's drawers full of T-shirts and things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe just a nice big dump off at the uh, Salvation Army type thrift store somewhere. But yeah, I'll see what I can do. I'll look through stuff, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure I don't really want any of the stuff, so couldn't hurt if we can pass it on. Yeah,
0: well, i got to find some time and get rid of my own stuff. I've just accumulated too much stuff.
1: Yeah, because it's amazing how hard it is even just to get rid of stuff like that. Last year in Toronto, I, I was trying to stay minimal, but failing, I guess, because before I moved to Vancouver, like, I went to the, the Salvation Army, Every day. It's like, every day I'm going to take two or three things out of this apartment and go donate them. And it took me fucking ages to get rid of all my stuff. (laughs) And that was just a tiny little apartment. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, you
0: only had like a a couple of years of uh, gathering up stuff. I mean, I've had like 40 years.
1: Yeah, I can see why. uh,
0: accumulating stuff.
1: I can see why like that show Hoarders, you know, like why people really do become, especially if they have that you know particular whatever weird OCD problem where they just can't throw things out like it just overwhelms you so fast
0: the joke about that though is they go out and buy new they keep it's all usually pretty good stuff yeah new stuff they don't even open it yeah like that their houses are full of stuff that's still in its original wrapping like if they why did not they just take it back to the store and get your money back
1: yeah yeah that's one thing i've learned about a lot in the last couple of years reading about it and stuff is uh, like the the spectrum of like addiction. It's way broader than I realized. Like like that really hardcore, like physical addiction to something is just a tiny little facet. Like, sure, that's the hardest type, but, but man, people get addicted to anything and like buying stuff is a big one. Like it just sets off a dumb little endorphin rush. It's like winning at a slot machine. Somehow it just feels like that. It feels good. So people just keep buying things. And again, because we're such frail little ape people, <laughs> you know, it really doesn't take much to throw things out of whack sometimes. And then you multiply that by years and years and years, and boom.
0: Well, mine isn't usually, a lot of it isn't that I've, I've um, gone and bought it brand new, because I'm, I'm not a shopper, but I find it very hard to walk by something that I think is really okay, somebody, let's say somebody's throwing out a really, a table. And I'll say, uh, that's a really good table. I hate to, I just don't like the thought of that going to the landfill. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll take it. Like, i got so much stuff that is, I've never paid for it. It's just that somebody was tossing it out, or somebody will say to me, um, I've got this bag of clothes, and eventually now I'll give that to the Sally Ann or the Diabetes Association or whatever. But I don't know, I must have that look about me that, Oh, uh, somebody else is, I'm disposing of something. Would you like it? And I take it. <laughs> like, I don't know why, I don't need it.
1: It is kind of a weird cycle on both ends, too, because you know they're getting rid of this thing because they bought a new one, <laughs> you know, that they didn't need.
0: Yeah, so they, it, it, to them, it's, they don't want to throw it out, so they'll just give it to me, so then I'm stuck with it.
1: Yeah, it really is kind of, like, amazing how much you can just live on I heard that that's a huge thing in Japan, is because they're all about new stuff and they have a real big stigma against used stuff. So there'll be like stereo systems and things, like perfectly good stuff that's just on the street corner, I don't know, that someone just wants to get rid of. So it's big with uh, with white people that live there because they don't have that same stigma. They can just like furnish their whole apartment with like super new stuff that was sitting on the side of a meticulously clean Japanese sidewalk. <laughs> like. You know, but in Japan they don't want it. They don't want the old stuff because I don't know, it doesn't look affluent or whatever.
0: Well, but there's a breed of North Americans that are like that too.
1: Yeah, and I mean I definitely kind of get it. Sort of does feel good to just buy stuff, or even just it's a dumb little thing lately. But I've really had to start watching myself about sugar because I just noticed it just gets out of hand so fast. Where I'm just like, oh, I'll just stop in this convenience store, get some Reese's Pieces, and I'll feel better for. 20 minutes but uh i'm starting to notice it a little now that my metabolism's slowing down and it's like you know all my weight just goes on my belly like don't get me wrong it's fine but i'm noticing it <laughs> and it's like why am i doing that just don't buy the stupid sugar bombs but yeah it's just any little thing it's easy to get just that weird little addict feel that little hook and if you're not mindful of it boom But I don't know. I don't think it's not like your house is like a hoarder house or anything. Oh no, (laughs) not a hoarder
0: house. But if I took, if I had to move all this stuff into a smaller space, man,
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, I I mean, there'd be no reason to. But yeah, it's kind of neat in a way because like you know that house is real big, so there's a lot of room. It is kind of cool to see all the old stuff, like from when I was a kid. See the old toys, see the old like books and stuff. It is kind of cool.
0: And see, there's stuff that I just, yeah, you got to keep for sentimental reasons. Like, okay, like when, when Allie was little and we went through all those boxes and we reorganized all those toys. Well, you know what? I should have got rid of them all. Right. But, you know, she'd come and we would root through that and have a lot of fun. And, and I tell her stories about all these toys. We didn't play with them as much as talk about them. And books. I mean, I've got all kinds of kids' books here. Well, I'm never going to have any grandkids. Why am I keeping those kids' books? But there are certain books in there that are exceptional children's books. There's some that are crap and they should, and they should be dumped or <laughs> given away or whatever. But there's some that, uh, I mean, I enjoy just taking out those books every once in a while and reading
2: them. Right.
0: <laughs> just me. I'm not reading to a kid. I'm just reading to me. And I oh, that, geez, that's a creepy little book. Teddy Bear Coleman He, just,
1: I just thought of him That's a good one Well I suppose I should let you go Because this is actually this is a pretty long episode And I'm starting to get oh, the yeah, little Oh yeah
0: about an hour we've been at
1: this I'm starting to get the little low battery blink on my thing I think I didn't recharge it before I left but Well it's been
0: a while since we had a big
1: chat so That's true So I'll probably talk to you before uh, I make it back to Toronto Or to Fredericton Because yeah it's like a month from now right? We'll see.
0: Well, if not, somebody will be at the airport to pick you up.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll get in touch with you in some way before then, just to make sure everything's cool. So, Okay. All right. Quick post-show note. Uh, the battery just died on the recorder, so you didn't get to hear me say goodbye. That's all, though. And uh, now i got to turn it off again because I've only got a tiny little bit of juice. Thanks for listening. Okay, goodbye.